Welcome back to the Infinite Creators Podcast. I have a lady by the name of Ruth McGilligan on this week's episode. So I did an episode with my sister uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, we talked about a birth and struggling to have a kid, challenges that we can face um, as couples, as women. And I thought it would be worth bringing on someone who does work in this area to help couples and women conceive and remove blockages because there's it's not only just what we think is going on in our mind there's a lot more to it and Ruth does a lot of work in this space she holds it for women men she holds circles and she really works with the women to help women conceive so I hope this episode may be of benefit to some of you out there women and couples and um, yeah I hope you enjoy Ruth McGilligan, welcome to the Infinite Creators Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. How's things with you? I am good. I just want to put a disclaimer up that I have a bit of a cold and I might sound a little bit hoarse today, but I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Well, you sound great. Thank you. (laughs) So if you want to start by just giving a little introduction about yourself and what you do. Uh, that is a big <laughs> wide um, question, I suppose. Um, so yes, my name is Ruth and I am the founder of a community called Womanhood and it's spelt with women in the name, W-O-M-B-Y-N, hood. <laughs> and um, that's one of the things. And then I have my own holistic business called Haven Hill Holistic Healing. And basically what I do is a variety of things uh, so I do one-to-one work with people for th- therapeutic body work and then I hold circles for men and women yes, yes. So, so, you, so you do a lot of work then with people yes yes and I suppose we'll start off talking about the the community you mentioned womanhood yes can you give me a little more insight yes yeah, so basically it all began on my own healing journey I discovered the power of community and especially due to my own experience with women, uh, I wanted to build connection with like-minded women and creating what you would call a sisterhood. So it began with full moon circles. So I create sacred spaces and hold spaces for women to connect and they're usually in alignment with the full moon. So once a month we all come together and take part in meditation, uh, embodiment exercises, breath work, a variety of things, and really just talking and having a space where women can drop in and really honour themselves because I don't know about your experience with the woman in your life, Ryan, but a lot of the women are caregivers. They're always holding, they're the mammies. They're holding everybody else. They are taking care of everybody else and listening to everybody else. So to have a space where they can come and show up and somebody hold them and somebody listen to them and for them to feel fully seen is a beautiful experience, especially with other women. Because in the world that we live in at the minute, um, especially for the younger generation, women are kind of set up to be in competition with one another. So it's lovely to create connection and sisterhood in spite of that. Yes, yes. So I, so I have a few questions around that. And yeah. um, the first one is in regards to, you know, your own experiences. Mm-hmm. 
you know, what was it that happened in your life that inspired you to to create a community around womanhood? Mm-hmm. And then the second one is um, the community itself, womanhood. Mm-hmm. So I did a podcast with my sister previously, and you know, she talked about her challenges and struggles with mm-hmm. trying to have a baby. Yeah. And I'd love to know how this community helps women and can enable them to to fall into that space to be able to conceive yeah so the first part i suppose it's all all comes from your own experience doesn't it in your own journey so with my journey with healing i discovered the power of the womb so basically throughout my life i had experienced many healing modalities and the search and the quest for healing and knowledge in my own life to overcome my own traumas and experiences and the one thing that really two things that really stuck for me was tantra and womb work so i had been very disembodied so due to my traumas and one of them was of a sexual nature i felt very disconnected from my body and as i had told you before ryan the the thing that i tell my clients is what i wanted was somebody to to do what you would see in an episode of ER, to crack open my rib cage, reach in, grab my heart and pump it to let me know that it was there. I felt so disconnected. And I had always had a spiritual practice and I was always praying, meditating, ascending for the light, trying to connect with something that I felt often was external to myself. Growing up in a Christian household, a Catholic household, where you are taught that God is outside of you and the answers are outside of you. It was this work that taught me that actually it lives within me and it helps me to connect back into the beauty that is my body. Um, and when you say like this work, like mm-hmm. what work specifically? The womb work and the tantra work particularly. <coughs> Excuse me. So I was disconnected from my body. I, I was in pain head to toe in pain and didn't even know it until somebody put their hands upon me and did the body work the deep somatic healing work to show me how much in pain I was and that's why my brain had disconnected from my body and this is where the tantra as I say and the womb work came in so when I talk about womb work what I'm talking about is connecting to the womb space in this day and age women are very disconnected we all are very disconnected from our bodies externally we're connected to how how we look but how we actually feel in an embodied presence mind space as in why am i aching here like you know other than oh it's just because maybe i hurt myself lifting something well actually no it's maybe you're holding emotion in that part of your body for example and women are disconnected even to their cycle to their monthly cycle you're taught you know the adverts for always you know (laughs) for like sanitary products show women wearing all white clothes jumping on a bike and cycling you know they're all constantly it's like this will not get in the way and the actual power of the cycle and the purpose of the cycle we're very disembodied from it. It's, it's seen as an inconvenience. And when I'm talking about the cycle, I'm talking about the menstrual cycle, for example. And so if you can't even connect and do something that you're going through every month and change your frame of understanding around it, 
the way our ancestors would have viewed it, which is a really sacred, holy thing. It's the thing that allows you to birth life at the end of the day. That's what your cycle does. Then as a woman, how can you be embodied at all? Because this is something you're going through, you know, if you're blessed with a monthly cycle, for example. But that's just one part of womb work. It's about connecting and understanding your body and your womb. And when I say your womb, I mean your womb space. Everybody, whether you have a womb or not, have a womb space that holds the energy of creation and life there. So that's what womb work did for me. It brought me back into my body and it brought me into connection to my womb. And as someone, like I say, who had experienced sexual trauma, this is where I held it all. And this is where a lot of my issues were physically showing up in my life. And it was only through healing myself and doing that deep inner work that was working in with my womb space as well that I have now moved. I don't have pain. I have a regular cycle, you know, PMS, for example, is something that women just think is the norm. It's actually not normal to have PMS. It's, it's an environmental factor of the stresses of day-to-day life that women go through and the world, the environment, the food that we eat, you know, the water that we drink, you know, in general, has this impact. So if there's anybody listening and they have PMS, you know, it's not actually what normal. Is so your pit, m- menstrual pain, you know, monthly menstrual pain, it's not the norm. It's actually your body's way of telling you. You shouldn't be in pain. No, unless there's obviously an underlying underlying condition. And even those are things that can be worked through with reconnection, presence and intention, uh, connecting to the womb. Yes. So. And the cycle itself, like Mm -hmm. what what if your cycle's not in, say, the 28 days or Mm -hmm. if it's short or if it's overdue? Like what, what effect has that on the body or... Why is that happening? Well, there's there's loads of factors that can happen. All I can say is in my one-to-one work with people, it's very individual. It's very, very individual. And there is no you know broad brush stroke as to why somebody is having these outcomes with their cycle. But it can be something that I often find is that when a woman connects in with her body in a deeper more meaningful present way you see these shifts start to happen like I had a client last week who messaged me who has had a, a regular cycle for since she was 10 years old had an irregular yes and what does an irregular cycle so look basically like? the irregular cycle is 28 days and I'm doing air quotes because obviously everybody's regularity is a little bit different but roughly anything from 21 to 30 days as long as it's repeating the same time frame and there's lots of meanings as to why that is but a really healthy cycle is a roughly 28 to 30 days but you can have a healthy cycle with 21 days it's always just dependent on each person as long body. as it's consistent well there yes as long as there's a consistency to it yes i mean there's there's reasons why you would like a longer cycle and actually why you would like a longer bleed time you know the actual bleed time and how you bleed there's so much to it really Ryan but the quality of your bleed is really important because it's showing about the quality of the uterine wall and there's lots to it but basically there's a massive impact on the psychology of what you're embodying in your mindset and that imprints on the body then how you feel about yourself even the messages that you're 
send into yourself your limiting beliefs because of your cycle, especially for someone on a fertility journey and the stress and the pressure that you put yourself under. This is why there's so many people that experience that they go in for IVF and before they know it, they, before they even are on that journey, they end up pregnant or they adopt a child and they fall pregnant because they're removing so much of the stress, stress and duress that they're putting their body under, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's lots of reasons why people's cycles look the way they do. But you find that when somebody drops into their body, magic happens. Yeah. So you talk about the deep work. Can yes. you like can you explain what the deep work is? Like what <coughs> what does that look like? Well, it's embodiment work. It's conscious connection back into the body. So I'll talk about my own journey because that's the only thing I'm qualified to talk about. Basically when I connected with my own trauma, when I understood that I was carrying that, when I became consciously aware of it, I, I wasn't even fully aware of the things that I had gone through. Some of them happened when I was young. That once I started to understand that this was something that I had in the background, subconsciously in my mind, I could see the impact of that in every relationship, every encounter, every experience. And I could start to heal that. And when I say heal that, what I mean simply, and it is often what I find in the work that I do, the simplest medicine is the most powerful. When we talk about ancestors and the way that they lived in the world and moved through the world, it was simple medicine. It was taking time to breathe deeply, to bring your presence to nature, to listen to your body and to let whatever you're feeling rise and give space to that you know we live in a world where we're constantly running we're constantly busy and we don't want to who wants to feel the yucky feelings you know who wants to feel their sadness their grief their anger their resentment their jealousy nobody wants to acknowledge that we want to be like we're great human beings people don't really want to acknowledge their darker emotions because they're hard and what i do in the work Uh, is give people space to really feel their feelings and to move those feelings so for example it's like if one of the emotions that in society that we're taught that is unhealthy to express is rage and for men particularly and the, the emotion is never the issue Ryan as you know it's the expression of that emotion it's how we embody that and there's healthy ways to express these emotions the emotions themselves are not the issue going and punching a wall or a person might be the issue but actually screaming and voicing and moving your body in the way that it wants to to release the rage is what the space that I create basically in circles sometimes obviously we have a limit of space and you want to create safety and not open a pandora's box for people you know so we we do a little bit of exploration into those feelings usually the more pleasurable ones like pleasure like embodying joy in your being and the heavier emotions is something i do in the one-to-one work and in womb work for example because depending on what a woman is carrying in her body from her experiences um she's carrying that potentially in her womb so we want to clear as much of that as possible so yeah yeah okay so 
Can you give me like an example of a client that would have come to you who may have been struggling to conceive and mm -hmm. the journey that they've went with you and you know what has the result been? Yeah, um, so basically it's been a, a variety of work because the more you get to know someone, the more you can unpack the different parts. So it just depends on what they come through with that day. Whenever we do a womb, so when I talk about womb work, uh, what I offer is my own offering, which is Wild Womb Massage Alchemy. So it's a mixture of receiving, you know, through bodywork massage and embodiment practices, movement, meditations, affirmations, um, a whole variety of things, breath work, for example. So it just depends. But what we tend to do initially is have a consultation and we'll we'll map right from their birth story from how they entered the world where they wanted were they a surprise you know were they adopted you know everybody's story is so different and you can learn so much about a person from just their birth story so there's things that we have discovered now science has even shown known as birthing imprints so depending on whether, like if you were a cesarean section, you'll be potentially, not always, but a lot of the time, the person that arrives on time at things and sometimes feels like you're, you want someone to take you out of things because you were taken out of the womb. If you arrived on time on, on your actual due date, you're the person that's at the party on time and cracking up that everyone else is late if you were late when you were born you'll find as I was <laughs> that you're maybe the person that's a bit more chill with time and they're like will be the late person and these are like small details okay of a birth and imprint but there's a lot more to it than that but it's very interesting how much you can learn about yourself from a birth and imprint another example is a client had issues with speaking their truth okay um had like um, almost an energetic block in the throat and could not work out what this was and there was a lot of different work done around it and what we ended up discovering through birthing imprints was that they had their umbilical cord around their neck at birth and when we did the work to move that suddenly this blocked move but that connection had never been made until this point so there's lots there's a lot to the work but it's that's where we start we start with your birth and experience you know your your relationship with your mother because I, I know that this has gone around on social media which is great to see but every egg that a, a a woman creates she has in her body when she's four at four months in the womb at four months and that means she the egg she carries in her womb if she ends up having a child, was inside her mother, her this potential egg's grandmother. So from a genetic imprint point of view, you were inside your grandmother when you were an egg inside your four-month fetus as your mummy inside her mother's womb. So, you know, there's genetic imprints there. And so we unpack a lot around that as well because every, like I say, every story is different. So this is what I mean when I say the work because there's so many it's there's so many parts and sometimes it's not that deep not sometimes that's not what's even required it's maybe a change in diet you know um and introducing supplements introducing 
uh, a healthier routine with sleep. You know, we forget that we live so much in the mind. We forget that we, the mind, the mind is housed in this body. You know, and we have to take care of this. This is not just a meat vehicle. It's not the earth rumor, you know, mm-hmm. a rover. It's 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 our temple. It's the temple of who you are, the light that you are, your soul, and we ha- we have to take care of it and and be more compassionate and loving towards ourselves. And I think that's the biggest piece. We can use all this great language and explain the psychology and birth and imprints and trauma stories and all the rest but what it really comes down to is helping people reconnect to love for themselves surrendering to love and compassion and forgiving themselves for those times they made choices that they now regret or didn't speak when they wish they had of or whatever the case may be very good so it's like you work through these challenges or Mm -hmm. things that they haven't faced Mm-hmm. in the past and through this unblocking mm-hmm. it then allows their body to to Heal. relax is yeah. it or to come into the space and yeah. does that lead on then to pregnancy or yeah. yeah yeah and like i have a variety of clients i don't it's not like everybody that actually the majority of people that come to me are not even there for a fertility journey they're there because of traumas that they've had you know I suppose that's because my who I am and the energy I admit into the world is this is my passion and from my own journey. And so a lot of my clients are those who have had sexual violence or or just have massive stories to unpack around their own sexuality or or who do they may be not wanting to get pregnant but they just have an issue like they uh, uh, an irregular cycle and they feel like it's impacting you know how they move in the world you know as in horma- hormonal regularity or i mean i've had clients who've had hysterectomies that they have you know they don't have a woman a- anymore and they're coming for the healing on their for their body to be able to forgive and restore love for even that journey you know mm-hmm such a wide variety of people that come and it's it's a, a there's a part of the work is called restoring the soul and it's a beautiful piece and i've even um carried that little piece into the work i do with men because we can all be doing with restoring our souls coming back into our bodies and reconnecting being like oh how amazing am I? How beautiful is this that I that I breathe and I have this incredible body that keeps me here now in this present moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And with the circles then, mm-hmm. so the circles, is it like a woman's circle? Mm-hmm. Is it then a womanhood circle or are they the same? So womanhood is the name of the community. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, there's womb practices can be part of that. But it would be more embodiment practices, guided meditation, things like that. And learning rewilding skills. So it's called womanhood, wild woman rising. Because I'm very much an advocate of rewilding. And basically what rewilding is, is remembering your natural state, your innate state of being. And reconnecting to that. 
you know, forgetting all all the layers. Like we're like Russian dolls, aren't we? When we were born, we're the small Russian doll, and as we get older, there's an oh another egg put on top of each one of all the layers and conditioning that we have that life places upon us. So what rewilding does is starts to take off those eggs, starts to take off those layers and reconnects you back into your natural state of being, which is free, free and innocent. And that's what womanhood is about. And I also have, there's men's circles called the Sacred Wild Sons and that's men's only circles as well that I hold space for too. Yes, and can you tell me a bit about the men's circles? Yes, so it's an unusual one because it is a woman holding space for men and this is something that came up actually through a plant medicine ceremonies was the power of the of a feminine the embodied feminine physical feminine holding space for the masculine and that this was a really beautiful experience for men to find that they could surrender with ease with the maternal energy you could say to explore deeper themes of things that they were passing through. And the intention of this work is my husband, Jason, will be holding, taking over and holding space for the men to take them through rites of passage ceremonies that only a man can do, you know. But um, it's been a beautiful journey of uh, about 12 men now that come and go to the circles. It's really lovely, but... It's been a, again, it's the removing of the Russian dolls, it's the removing of the layers. And as a woman, it's really beautiful to be able to hold space for men in that. So, what kind of men attend these? Well, there is no stereotype. So, <laughs> I'm going to the Medicine Festival. If you haven't heard of it, folks, check it out. It looks so cool. And I'm going there next week. And the usual thought. I'm sure you've probably experienced this too, Ryan, with um, being on plant medicine journeys is people are expecting for men, like men in a man bun with, you know, that eats vegan, that, <laughs> you know, that um, meditate every day and that this is the nature of the men, the come to men's circle. It could not be further from the truth. I have men all ages, all walks of life. The youngest was 19. The oldest was 62. You know, they are just everyday beings like myself and you, you know, um, that come from all over Derry and Donegal and they're just looking for connection with other men, like-minded beings, and to kind of be held by other men and to open a little bit and explore a little bit, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Uh, explore a bit of healing in a spiritual capacity what does a circle look like you know can you give me a breakdown of the practice and yeah you know the power of it yeah so like this is the same for men and women so the circles always start with there's a theme uh, the men's circles take place on the dark moon the dark moon is the, you know the new moon there's no moon in the sky and um it's a time of going inwards that's a time of introspection and there's always a theme so we pick a theme as a group of what we're going to explore in a, in a circle so it could be exploring 
for, for men, for example, their idea around power. What does power mean to you? What are the the light side of power and the shadows? What is when you think of power? What does that bring up in you from a shadow perspective? And then it's maybe taking place, taking part in an embodiment exercise where they're getting to really embody their power and doing some breath work to reframe if there has been a negative connotation around power for them and then we share sharing what that means for them they go off into groups of two and they share their journey together about what they experience through and if it is like a guided movement meditation everyone's wearing blindfolds so everybody's in their own journey they're not worrying about anybody else they don't have to be self-conscious about anybody watching them and they can just really surrender into their own experience and then they're sharing that experience and then they're doing something together in their own groups for example be that another guided meditation or an embodiment exercise so that they can then share back on that because if you're going to talk about power there's power as just you and I our own sacred sovereignty and then there's power in relation to the flex of power you know the more shadow side of power and that is always in relation to someone else because if we want to feel like we have power it's sometimes power over someone so through a, a, an exercise we get to explore what that looks like mm-hmm. and how that makes you feel for example this is just one example of a circle and then it's coming back into the greater circle and sharing what came from that and then lying back being taken through a nice meditation to really integrate the experience journaling having a moment to journal around it and then resting into it and receiving through a guided meditation or maybe a bit of shamanic a shamanic journey with some drumming to just really receive because every circle for me I feel it's really important that there's always time to just lie back relax and just really receive because in the world that we live in we don't really gift ourselves enough time to receive it's a common theme that I experience with both men and women so and like maybe there's a cacao ceremony where we're sharing some nice plant medicine to open our hearts and going out into nature then and feeling our bare feet on the grass doing some warrior movement poses breath work sounding out you know um for power so a part of power is vocalizing so it's changing the narrative around anger you know because that's also associated with power so it's just it's really helping to reframe somebody's negative viewpoint on their expression of who they are and giving them the tools to find a healthier way to express if they haven't had that before Mm -hmm. so yeah and with the circling there can be like um i suppose a lot of men can be very hard and tough and it's just like i don't need to do that or you know i suppose maybe some people may not just men women as well maybe judgmental (coughs) absolutely judgmental about these kind of things like Mm -hmm. but what is it that you will come out of or you what way will you come out after a circle if you've never been you know what would what perspective would you have afterwards? you feel deeper peace in your sense of self that's more self-awareness so is that is that because you're being vulnerable partly and 
So <laughs> I'm almost a little dubious to say this, but I'll say it. I like to challenge people. When you come into circle, nobody really knows. I'll give you a rough idea of the themes and whatever. But I keep what we actually do to myself because if I told you what I just told you, there's going to be people here that are like, I'd never do that, you know. It's only when you're there and you experience it. These are This is the point of embodiment or somatic work is to physically, we have to physically experience it. Like I can say to you, this is what a tomato tastes like, right? If you've never tasted a tomato, right? And you might look at it and be like, not for me. But until you taste it and bite into it and have the juices bursting in your mouth and you physically experience that and all the different messages are sent, being sent to all the different synapses in the brain, they're sparking you know what I mean you can't actually know what it's like to taste the tomato so it's the same with circles <laughs> like not to a tomato but do you know what I mean you you don't know what it's going to be like and what it does for you until you try it and it's so interesting because I even have a view in my head thinking this is how this might go and somebody else has they when they come back in the circle and that's what's so beautiful about it is it's everybody's individual journey somebody else will come back and share something I'll be like wow I did not see or could have ever envisioned that that's what somebody would take away from that experience. So it's a very personalized thing. It's a very individualized experience. And what you come away with is a deeper sense of connection to yourself, peace, a deeper sense of peace, more self-love and compassion, which is always the underlying theme for me, the outcome that I, I desire for everyone. And connection to like-minded beings. Like people come into these circles. Like I say, it takes two men to be brothers. It takes a group of men to create a brotherhood. And it's the same with women. You know, the women come in as strangers and they leave as soul sisters. They make connections through social media. They meet up. They have coffee. They'll come back to circle because they know they're going to see each other again. And this is how you get a reg regularity of these people that keep attending. New people come in, of course. But there are people who start to create the community because they feel the power and the healing and and the desire and need for this work in, in themselves. So if you ever... I, I think it, the challenge is coming over the door, isn't it? It's coming into something that you don't know what it is. And you know, like if you're coming into circle, you know that there's going to be a little bit of movement on you. And we like to stay in our comfort zone, don't we? Uh, it's, it's safe. It's safe in there. But um, I can promise you if, you, if you come to one of these experiences, you'll experience an expansion in yourself that will up-level you to move forward in your life from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I have, I've been to plenty of circles and... Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely transforming in the sense that you bond with people in a way that you don't in your day to day life because exactly. we're so busy in our day to day lives that everything's just so transactional. It's like, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. And then you move on, and and that's just the way they are, the way life is. But mm -hmm. when you take yourself to like a circle or a space, it, it's the space that it is. It's and you and you just there's there's no masks, there's no egos. The, you sit down on the ground and you just open and speak from the heart and you see everyone else doing that. It's so fucking powerful. Like yeah, it's yeah. just so good to see people from from the depths of who they are. And then when you connect on that level, you connect with someone on a 
deep level, way deeper than people who are actually really close in your life. Like exactly. people who's really around you every day because they're not willing to talk to the depths, you know, you're not going to connect. So you end up coming away with, you know, brothers and sisters of oh. people who you just develop strong bonds with. In such a short space yeah. of time too, Ryan, like you this is it and this is like even with plant medicine journeys you know you are exploring such a deep part of yourself and you're willing to be the challenge is showing up in your vulnerability isn't it to give yourself permission to just be whatever you are in the moment like I was saying about your feelings before you know to really just own what you are in that moment there's people come up to circle and you're like let's just drop in how are we all doing what's going on and maybe it is I've had the worst month week day and they're just needing to be seen in that and they're holding it together they've been with the closest people in their lives their family and yet they come into circle and they feel they have permission without judgment to surrender into being whatever they truly are feeling in their heart and bones in that moment and to be held by people who get it because that's what they're there for too they're there to be vulnerable and to share their heart's truth and that's why these deep, deep connections are made because you're, it's radical honesty. And then radical honesty leads to radical action, which leads to radical healing. So it's beautiful work. I love it. And it is not for everybody. There are people I have said to that are in my life that I'm a very wear my heart on my sleeve person. There's no back door. I, I tell everybody about this, about this work. <coughs> So uh, I'm always saying to people, you know, you give it a go. It's you, you don't know until you try these things. And and they're like, no. And that's okay because it's a journey, isn't it? There will be people who, who will never come into circle and that's okay. That's their life. That's their journey. And that's fine. And maybe they don't need it. And that's okay too. So it's it's a, the kind of people you ask me, what kind of men come to circle? They are brave men brave men who are ready to be vulnerable around other men and you know yourself that ain't easy but they can be brave in their vulnerability because they know they'll be held in it and seen and understood because everybody there is there for the exact same thing mm -hmm. and it's the same in the woman's circle too yeah there definitely is strength in vulnerability yeah. and you know the deeper we're willing to go into ourselves which is infinite you know yeah. the more like the more love we welcome in you yeah. know but why are people i suppose afraid to talk about the depths of who they are around their loved ones because of our loved ones is the first frame of support that we have and we learn who we are through our through our parents so you'll learn i had learned what a way a woman moves through the world through my mum and through the other women that are that I would have held as role models, my aunt, for example, that lived in our home. I you know, I learned through her, through my big sister. And you'll have learned the same through your dad and your brothers and, and it's the same for all of us or your caregiver who if you didn't have a parent, for example. <coughs> and so we naturally take on some of their traits, some of their belief systems, some of their viewpoints without question because as a child you just absorb don't you you're just a sponge and 
So when we get older and we have a bit of more conscious awareness of ourselves and those around us, and we might start to feel differently to those around us, it's hard to share because we don't feel safe. And it takes feeling safe to be vulnerable, you know. It takes all of our basic needs to be met for us to be able to start to explore that a little bit deeper. And sometimes family and even our closest friends, like you have friends, who you've you know you you met through when you were a child who was that sponge who was that part who basically copied the 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 way of being from the people around them the information they received not just from family but their peer group what society and culture tells us is the way to act and move through the world and then as you get older and you start to grow you know you you can find that these are friends you've had with you all of your life you've known them since you were a tiny tot or 12 or you know secondary school friends and you've outgrown them in that capacity you know so they're 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 on their journey and that's okay but your journey maybe has went another way in relation to those not feeling safe to express themselves with these people and that's just because of people's journeys everybody's journey is different and this is where the work of the community comes in because that's that's where you find your safe space you know, you realize, okay, family or my this friend group are no longer my safe space. And maybe they never were really because they mightn't have had the skills. At the end of the day, we love our parents. Our parents, as we always say, people do the best they, they can with the information and the tools they have at the time. So they did their best, you know. If they're feeling... They're, they're filling you and you're the, a cup of love and they're filling you from their cup and their cup was only half filled by their parent and on and on and it goes. They can only give you a quarter of a cup otherwise they'd leave themselves dry. You know what I mean? And therefore you're only a quarter of a cup of love and you want to be filled with love. And this is where community comes in because it fills the other parts of ourselves that we've been seeking that family can no longer not all families by the way but the people that come into this work you find that their family aren't that frame of support or safety for them anymore or um or they found that they never were for example and and that's okay you know we we you said about things are transactional that's kind of in part nearly human nature as we've been conditioned to be by our western world and so every relationship gives us something, you know. Every, you know, you might have a friend that you know that you can talk to this particular stuff about, but you couldn't talk to another friend about it, you know what I mean? And vice versa, and they might be the same with you, but that's okay. Not all people need to hold all things for all parts of us because we're multifaceted. How could we have that expectation of somebody? And that's a big bit of the work that we do in the tantra work with couples is it understanding this you know the unrealistic expectations sometimes we have of our partners that they should hold all parts of who we are and at the end of the day it's not up to any other human being to hold all parts of us it's up to us we're responsible to show up and love all parts of us and when we find that through the work through connecting with conscious communities then it relieves that expectation because what you find with expectation is expectation often leads to failure or, you know, the feeling of being failed by somebody because you have an expectation that 
they're never going to meet do you know what I mean but yeah that's this is that is why people come in these circles because it feels safe and this is why yeah because some families can't offer you the safety you're looking for yeah you know so but then there's that element of like you need to be willing to change to be someone that you're not and yeah. that holds people back mm. they get stuck in that place of fear it's like <gasps> what will people think of me yeah. you know um, well I, they think i'm strange you know um and then they stay in the same place for the rest of their lives i i would change it in that it's not that they a fear that they're going to be somebody that they're not it's that they're going to no longer be the person that they never were you know that the person that they believe they had to be and the person they've discovered is their true self they're all and that's why re rewilding comes in you're rewilding you're remembering the truth of who you really are who we all are every human being if the spa right space is created and they feel safe and you meet all their basic needs food shelter you know love they can they can start to explore and rediscover the truth of who they are which is soul which is light which is love and therefore they release all those fears and you know the the oh my god what are people going to think about me you let all that go because you know you you have that within you that truth within you and it radiates out of you and what you what you find is those people are not worth worrying about anyway because of where they're at in their own journey you know what I mean they're just putting on to you their own stuff you know what I mean it's not about you it's about them really mm. so um yeah I mean it, don't get me wrong it's a journey it takes time to get there and there is when you've lived in a world where you've been this person and you suddenly have this life-changing experience and you have to come back and integrate that into your reality it is difficult at the start of course change is change is always going to create a bit of resistance but that's where the growth comes in that's where the magic comes in is through resistance as i said to you when we were talking the other day if we didn't have resistance in our body we would be a puddle of skin and blood and bones on the ground you know we need resistance to grow so um I, what i would say to anybody that would be fearful of this change is to just embrace it because on the other side of your fear is the thing that you always wanted which is freedom mm. and love mm. and you say like the the true self like wh what is the true self the true self uh, to me is your authentic way of being is almost like who you were as a child you know when we come out of the womb we're as close to source as we're ever going to be you know because time wise before you came descended into your mother's womb you were if you believe in this a, a part of the greater consciousness and so when you're a child you're as close as you're the closer than we are now <laughs> to that you know and you're free of societal expectation and being told how to be you're just you just are you know toddlers just are they don't care what people think they just live in the moment in the present moment at all times so to me rewilding is not to say you should turn into a toddler and start throwing tantrums <laughs> <laughs> but um 
you can do that in a safe space <laughs> <laughs> but um it's about coming back into that state of being where you are free of expect of the societal conditioned expectation of who you think you should be in this world like who you think you should be to be a success what does that even mean you know what is what is a success you might have grew up in a home where to you you were told your whole life success was going to university it was becoming a doctor because your whole family are doctors it is somebody that actually finishes their GCSEs because everybody dropped out of school everybody's um idea of success is different but that where did you learn that to begin with who told you that's what what success is do you know what I mean success for some people is just living another day because of where they're at you know what I mean so it's getting back it's like hitting the reset button and getting back to that state of being like I'm in such deep gratitude for being alive I opened my eyes this morning I put my feet on the floor I stood up I could stand up how blessed am I to breathe another day how blessed am I to have all these different people in my life that teach me about life and teach me all these valuable lessons and really framing every interaction from a place of love of being able to go this is teaching me what love is on a deeper level and always coming back to love 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 that to me is what rewilding is that is what the the authentic state of being it is coming from a state of love that is not to say that you don't have your human moments, that you're not driving behind a tractor and cracking up because <laughs> that somebody's in your way and you have somewhere to be and, you know, cracking up, you know, and, you know, delving into the darker wheel of, on the wheel of emotions, these other emotions. It's also going and laughing at yourself and being like, oh yeah, I'm a human being. That's what I'm here for, to express and experience these emotions, but to reframe that from a place of love, always like, being loving and compassionate to yourself and laughing at yourself, as I said to you, which is something I want to say about circles, by the way. They're not all these very serious, deep explorations <laughs> of the psyche and the soul. <laughs> I mean, those hard parts, but half of it is having a laugh mm -hmm. because we have to laugh. You know, life is joy. Mm -hmm. It's that, you know, it, the whole purpose of doing this deeper work is to return to the innate state of being, which is joy. Children are joyful. Children are joyful and they have nothing. Children that live in great poverty just have the joy of life in their breath and bones. And that to me is rewilding, what rewilding does. It brings you back into connection with remembering that you are a domesticated wild animal. These walls, this mic, this podcast, that's all bullshit, you know? The reality is you and I belong out rolling around on the grass naked. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the truth of who we are. You know, we clothes was man-made. We're animals. And we live and, and flow with the seasons. And whenever you connect in with that truth, it's great freedom. Mm. You cut yourself so much slack. You know, like I was saying to you, the modern world is 95. We work 95 all year. And then you give yourself a hard time in the winter being like a nod and being like, why have I no energy? Why do I not want to get up at six this morning and go to the gym? But in the summer, I could do it no bother. Mm, that's because your actual circadian rhythm, your natural wild body is saying, you're meant to get up with the rest of nature, which is when the birds begin to sing. The birds don't start singing 
at six in the morning when the sun doesn't rise until eight. This is why your body is saying, oh, I don't want to. And yet our mind, our little egos are going, geez, what's wrong with me? Why this is, and, and we'd be hard on ourselves. And that's so rewilding and connecting in with our wild, true, authentic selves releases you of all that burden that has been placed on you by the world. So you talked about the, you know, the flow of nature, the rhythm of the winter, spring, summer and autumn. Like when I was in the the Amazon, the jungle, I'd done 40 days there and I fell into the rhythm of Mm. nature, getting up at quarter to five in the morning when the birds were singing, when the sun came up and going to sleep, going to bed at like 6 p.m. because that's when the sun went down and it felt natural. It felt good. You know, it felt like uh, this is my natural state of being but mm. here we're so different it's like <laughs> we're always in the summertime go 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 you yeah. know we're summer summers when we're like we're we're bursting and we're mm-hmm. we're full of energy mm-hmm. but we still try to do that all year round and it's it's not healthy no and i mean like there will be people watching this who'll be like all right ruth you know that's easier said than done you know i have to work every day from nine till five and and that's true i mean i I live in this world as well. I'm in the West. So it's understanding though to be able to cut yourself slack because we're so hard on ourselves. So if you understand that you're going to be tired in in the autumn and winter, and this goes for women with their menstrual cycle as well, like the winter is your bleed and the autumn is just before then. Like if you know that that's how you're going to be, you cut yourself slack, you give yourself time to rest because that is what the body's called to in those parts of the seasons in this part of the world and that's how we're coded if, if this is our lineage if you're from this land you know so that if you know that it's like being smart planning your projects if you're having projects to take place spring and summer and to be starting to wind down in the winter you know I, I live cyclically now so I even plan my schedule of my clients based around my menstrual cycle. So just to understand that your menstrual cycle is like a microcosm of, of the seasons. So spring, so winter is your bleed, then spring is after that. Our summer is ovulation time. Autumn is post ovulation, come back into winter, which is your bleed. So I know that the every, like until I understood this, I was giving myself such a hard time being like, why am I tired? why can't my brain function properly you know why do i not feel like superwoman who's able to juggle a hundred balls at once superwoman is spring and summer by the way you can do you could take over the world for that week and a half in your cycle but now that i understand that i will plan my clients based around my my seasonality of course life happens you still have weddings to go to you still have work commitments and all the rest but I try my best to honor that so when I want to create new projects I will look and work out where I'm going to be so that I have the most productive time and from the grander seasonal point of view for example all of us if we understand this we can be more compassionate towards ourselves and we live in a world where Christmas as you know has its own rush of busyness Whereas if we can bring this bit of awareness into that, we can actually build in more rest days rather than Christmas party days, <laughs> which are fine. Okay, they're good in their own way because we need joy and celebration too. But to also honor rest, we have such a, 
a pushback on rest in, in the West, in, in the Western world. It's like, if I rest, I'm weak, you know, or I have to be doing something, you know. It's like our body is so stuck. Our whole nervous system is so stuck in in the doing energy. We find it hard to be, you know. Mm. Yeah, it can, be, it can be exhausting, you know, and <laughs> I've, I've fallen victim to that now plenty of times in the past you know and it's something i'm very conscious of these days it's like you know even recently i've just been very busy but i i know with that busyness that i have to counteract that in a sense and allow myself to rest as much Mm -hmm. you know so if that means taking a few days after a week i will do that because that is what allow me to rejuvenate to come back and be more balanced and go again you know Mm -hmm. but sometimes we don't we don't we're not aware of that we get so caught up in the doing we forget to be the mind goes into doing energy and like what a lot of people don't understand is that doing energy in our nervous system is very similar to fight or flight response and so therefore our body's in constant survival mode which means we're creating more cortisol and adrenaline and it has nowhere to go and in the long run what that ends up is burnout Mm. your body will speak to you and say enough and that means that you might end up getting really really ill with flu or whatever or something worse you could end up in hospital because there's lots of people and i've talked to a lot of people who end up in hospital and there is actually nobody can find anything that's wrong and it's just pure exhaustion you know from pushing all the time and that is not our natural state our natural wild state is rhythmic it's cyclical it's seasonal and if we honor that, we are so much more productive, you know, rather than staying in push mode. And that's what circle and the one do one work is that I that I gift is space to surrender and to receive and to have that nice big ah, that big exhale that your body is crying for, you know, when we're constantly in push. And I mean, it's summertime. So we are in that like, oh, there's more sunlight. Let's get more washing done. Let's get all these rooms in the house cleaned out. I'm thinking of mummies, for example, you know. You know, it is a busy, busy time. And that's why, for example, in September, I'm running a retreat. And that's, for me, a really important time for people to rest because of the autumn equinox, which is about balance. So that's the point where there's perfect balance of day and night, 12 hours of each. And it's like nature's way of reminding us balance harmonize you know after the busyness of summer because it is a natural state to be busier in summer because there's longer daylight hours to remember to start to recalibrate refocus and get ready for the the descent into winter to really start to think about what it is that you want to birth in the next year and to re just to refocus your life you know come from the doing energy back into being and going inwards mm. so we're having actually a retreat in Sligo I know you've been to the beautiful space that it's in it's called the Brew Moitura and it's a an autumn equinox it's no, it's just before the equinox retreat for women and it's called the gathering and it's about women gathering together to honor everything that we've just been talking about your your wild self and reconnecting into that and learning skills and practices and um tools that you can learn to receive and reconnect into that part of yourself more Mm. yeah and if like 
if I was to, if I was asked about them, I, I would always highly recommend them and say, mm. you know, don't hesitate. They're a great space to put yourself into. Mm -hmm. Like the first time I went, I was a little like, oh, you know, geez, I'm going to have to attack you. <laughs> of course, yeah. And it's just like, I'm not comfortable doing this in front of people I don't know. But when you do it, um, there's a release and it, it feels good. You know, you, you just feel lighter. You feel yeah. better. You need a challenge. Like the sense of mastery in life comes from challenge. You know, if we just sat in our comfort zone all the time, there's no growth. You know, it's through taking part. Something as simple as a talking stick moving around a circle and someone asking you to feedback. It's, and it's owning that and being like, which I, I talk about all the time, is they're going to be like, right, so you're going to have that moment where you have that, like me, before I came on this podcast, oh, I'm going to have to talk into my microphone and there's cameras and all the rest and that like self-conscious nerviness, it's natural, it's normal, it's a challenge. But afterwards, you, you, you go, oh, I can do this. I can talk because I can talk anyway. I have that gift. So this is nothing that I can't do. And afterwards, there's that great sense of mastery because you did it and you mm -hmm. feel great that you did it and you shared. And so like life is contraction and expansion, like growth is contraction and expansion. So to grow, we, you know, you have these moments of expansion, you share and you speak and then you contract because you'd be like, oh, my gosh, did, did I overshare and being self-conscious? And then you have another offer of an opportunity to expand and grow and then you contract. And that's just life. You know, we need the challenge. Yeah, the challenges definitely help us. Yeah, exactly. And to mo push us towards more growth. Exactly. We learn more about ourselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More love and understanding. Yes, and it's just always returning to love. Love, mm. love, love, love and compassion all the time. Yes. Even the, the things that we sc are scared of most, like death. You, you know, in, in, in the circle work and in retreats, I... Um, I feel it's really important that we have rites of passage ceremonies. So as obviously with the womb work, the first rite of passage from a young girl turning into a, the maiden in her life or a young woman is her first bleed. That is a rite of passage. It's the same for men coming through and becoming a, a man. At what point do you become a man? Like there, there used to be rites of passage ceremonies where the elders in the community um, would lead a young person through and sh through a challenge a vision quest uh, they would experience a rite of passage into manhood and the women were the same or young girls into womanhood through a red tent experience which is a celebration of your bleed and becoming a young woman and I feel like these rite of passages we had one for death and when you have rites of passages around death you realize death is nothing to fear it's a part of the natural seasons of our life. That's the autumn coming into the winter of your life. And it's natural that you return to the earth, just like all of the rest of nature. And it removes that fear. And when you remove that fear, then you just can laugh because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, there's nothing to fear, is there really? Like There's nothing. Yeah. There isn't anything to fear. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to remember, you know. It is. So yeah, it's powerful. it is powerful, and and that is the human journey. It is about forgetting, so that you can have the joy of remembering again. Yes. You know, yeah. that's what we want to experience. Yeah. Our souls want to come here, forget everything, so that we can remember all of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we remembered all of who we are, 
that would be kind of boring all why, the time. why be here yeah, yeah exactly you know? so you have to appreciate the journey that you're on yeah. and knowing that it's teaching you something and when you exactly. when you realize that then life life flows for you yeah exactly in, instead of being against you yeah, exactly and you fall and you flow mm. and and that is the divine to me it's about the flow of life like and even a, in in a river that flows you come against rocks and you might circle behind the rock a wee minute you might have your ebb but then eventually the current will pick you up and you'll flow again mm -hmm. and that's these we the rocks that we we come against they're not stumbling blocks they're stepping stones you know they're meant we're meant to have these experiences that's the whole point of life why come here at all if you're not going to forget so you can remember and forget so you can remember you no, know it's, it's beautiful <laughs> it is um ruth yes it's been an absolute joy having you here today thank you so much for having an absolute me. pleasure thank you i've really enjoyed our conversation me too we covered a lot of ground today yes we have and if anyone wants to reach out to you they can get you on instagram instagram and facebook if you put in womanhood so as i spelt it before w-o-m-b womb y-n-h-o-o-d if you put ruth mcgilligan and it'll come up anyway ruth mcgilligan womanhood and that's for the circle work in that and for one-to-one -one work is haven hell holistic healing but you'll find all of them through my pages anyway that's great thank you very much thank ruth. you very much for having me it's been an absolute honor that I would love to return. Thank <laughs> so you very thank much. You. And um, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Definitely. Thank you. That was a very enlightening conversation. Um, it was really interesting to hear Ruth talk about the ways that she works with the women, the womb, the circles with women, men, community. There was a lot to digest there. And the circles, something I've been part of, is very powerful. And I'm very happy to have someone like that come on and talk and Maybe give back to the, the women who have reached out um, in regards to the previous podcast with my sister. Uh, maybe something that can benefit you. And if not, then there's no harm done. But it's always good to try things. Even if, you, you know, if, you, if you're skeptical, you don't know until you know. So I want to thank you for listening to The Infinite Creators. And I ask you to remember that you are The Infinite Creator.